Welcome to Here and Now podcast. I'm Heather. And I'm Sophia. We bring you the stories, the heart, and the humor needed for this journey called life. Join us each week to hear the conversations of a mom, that's me, and a daughter, that's me, and the stories of where others hear God's voice as he brings truth, beauty, and good in their lives right now. This is Here and Now Podcast. We are so thrilled to share about our sponsor for this week's episode, Novena Cards. Novena Cards were developed as a way to let our loved ones know that we have prayed for their intentions and to encourage them with prayers in times of need. Have you ever told someone you would pray for them and wish you had a tangible way to let them know of your prayers? Novena Cards are an answer to prayer and allow you to do just that. The artwork and sentiment of these cards are stunning and thoughtful. They have so many gift ideas for the loved ones in your lives who like to pray. So you can go check out their website at NovenaCards.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 125 of Here and Now podcast. Another week, new episode. Hi, Mom. Hey, Sophia. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Hanging in there today. I wish that it wasn't feeling like it was 100 degrees in the middle of November. Um, I know. I know seriously it's know. absolutely ridiculous I think it, I literally have a tan line <laughs> from being outside no joke my like my apple watch has a tan line I'm like what the heck this is not supposed to be happening right now no it's not but at least you're getting some sun that's a good thing right yeah that's true if only it wasn't yeah. pulled up inside sewing costumes all day though <laughs> no that's true you're doing some good stuff out there yeah you were home last week and we recorded this upcoming episode for all saints day and then the internet decided it wanted to go i don't know completely berserk psychotic yeah (laughs) Um, went dark (laughs) so we decided that it was just going to be too hard to try and get it to upload and it was and it was a pain so we're just talking before we share this episode that we have coming which is on saints saints (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because last week was All Saints Day, and that was the episode that we had coming up. It'll be about our board of directors for saints that we have surrounding us in our daily life. And my board of directors, man, they there's a lot of them. Yeah. So this might require 14 episodes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. Um, yeah, so last week, it was just a crazy, crazy time to try and get that uploaded. But the episode... Prior to this, we kind of did a little introduction to the saints and just like who they are and just our personal relationship with them. Some common theological errors regarding saints too. So it's perfectly fitting because October, I'm sorry, November is the month of holy souls. So, you know, the saints and people in purgatory. So it's a perfect month to talk about them. Yes. And to prepare ourselves to choose a saint for this next year coming up um and i'll have to come back to my saint for the year and actually it's funny because it was saint boniface and ironically just yesterday and that's to you know right now when we're recording this not when we recorded the episode that we're going to share with this this day on the all saints episode i saw a quote about him again i was like oh so he's just reminding me you didn't forget about me all year long (laughs) So. I know. To be honest, I think I forget who my saint for this year was. Yeah. I'm sure it's, it's funny because you, you forget. I don't. I don't remember who yours was. Do you? You know, not thinking of it right now. You'll remember. You'll you'll go back and then you'll tell me later. But Saint Boniface and I don't know a lot about him. But 
you know, anyway, he was showing up here and there and he was not on my board of directors. He's a kind of a, you know, new, no, known to many, but not known to me very much, but exactly. that's neither here nor there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, we're excited for you guys to hear this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe as always, but we'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> Come back and tell us who your board of directors are. I'd love to hear what people have as their patron family saints and, you know, their, their personal patron saints. So exactly. Let's get into the show. Hey, Sophia. So here we are. And we're talking about our board of director saints that we have that, you know, we talk about our saint chasers each week. And at last week's episode, we wanted to just give a little foundation on saints and the little bit of theology, which you probably shared more than I shared. But I want to start with a quote that I think is a pretty cool one related to saints. On this day, we feel enkindled in our hearts the desire to unite ourselves forever to the family of saints, in which we already have the grace to partake. As a famous spiritual song says, when the saints go marching in, and how I want to be in that number, may this beautiful aspiration burn within all Christians and help them overcome every difficulty, every fear, every tribulation. And that's by Pope Benedict. And I mean, we all think about when the saints go marching in that, you know, what's that song? I, I, I guess we all thought that was a song that was just played. Sometimes it's sporting events and, yeah. you know, different school little events. And when you think about where are the saints marching into, you know, they're marching into heaven, they're marching into our lives when we're, you know, in need of uh, some assistance, some guidance, you know, one day last week, there was a moment with some stressful things that had to do with appointments and, you know, time-wise we were longer than we needed to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in those few minutes, it's kind of funny. I thought of St. Gianna, excuse me, who is a doctor who has become one of my board of director saints in the last, you know, several months more than ever, but really has always been around in many ways because I've always, always had to deal with some sort of medical stuff along the, you know, last several years with you and your hearing and being in and out of hospitals and some medical things I've experienced over the years, my mom, you know, my dad and both your sister, Olivia, when she broke her jaw. So it's just constantly this medical um, presence. And right as I was feeling super stressed about timing on an appointment, I opened my purse and there's St. Gianna's card. And then with that, the appointment kind of started to take a different course. Literally in those moments, I thought, okay, St. Gianna, I guess you're doing your work again. And of yeah. course, people might think that's coincidental and it could be. And, but I'll just choose to say that, you know, the saints have their hands in a lot of things that we choose, you know, or when we need them in our times of fear and tribulation and difficulty, because they've gone before us in the same way, which brings me to another quote that I love. And then I'll stop quoting and we'll talk about our saints. And there's this great quote from St. John Vianney that seems to come up a lot during, you know, the week of All Saints Day. The saints did not all begin well, but they all ended well. Isn't that the goal of all of us to get into heaven? We all didn't really begin well. We all have our personal challenges, our sin, our, you know, things that we need to work on to, to get mm-hmm. us sanctified. And, and then we all end well when we become a saint. Exactly. So, yeah. So tell me on your list of board of directors, who would be the, the one that starts your list? Okay. So to be honest, when I was going into this, I was coming at it from kind of like a business perspective like who would be like on my board of directors if I was running a company which I am 
And I feel like because so much of my life surrounds business that this is like perfect on how I kind of tie this in together. So I would say at the top of my list, I'm starting with Our Lady of Perpetual Help. She would probably be like my right hand guy, <laughs> right hand gal, I should say. She's a person that I pray to for a very long time, but I feel like she can always help me out through like tough situations. So if there's ever some sort of thing that I'm going through, like she's like the first person that I turn to. Um, yeah, so I needed to have like some title of Mary on there. And I feel like that's the one that I I go to the most often in terms of, you know, in terms of Mary. So I would say, yeah, she's top of my list. And then who else would you have next after that? I'll let you just tell me some of yours before I. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say next is St. Joseph. Um, it's kind of hard to not have him on there. I've consecrated myself to St. Joseph twice in the same year. And it's funny, he's like, not a lot of people think to consecrate to St. Joseph. They usually consecrate themselves to Mary first or the Sacred Heart or something. But the St. Joseph consecration was very, very powerful. And I did it during the year of St. Joseph when, you know, Pope Francis, I guess that was what, 2020 that he named it. And St. Joseph, I consider is like the patron of hard workers. So I would say like, he's probably like my left-hand person. <laughs> and so the Holy Family sitting on either side of me. So yeah, St. Joseph. And then next, I would say St. Thomas Aquinas. So for academic perseverance, I just always considered him to be someone that I go to in like stressful situations regarding school or anything that's like academic or learning. St. Jude is on there. Like I've started to kind of come to know him a little bit more lately. He's the patron of impossible causes. So like there's just some, and I think I said this, in last week's episode too with that like there's just been so many things like lately that have been feeling like impossible causes but I was like okay St. Jude like just help me out here and slowly but surely like the knots kind of unravel in a way and I want to say about St. Jude he's he was sort of not on my list and then I read yours and I thought about him and he's he's still there but he's not my like a right hand not he's not like but he's probably the one saint that I first thought about a novena with mm -hmm. right like I mean aside from the Christmas novena that we've done years and years and years daddy and I've prayed that for years right St. Andrew Christmas mm -hmm. novena whatever people call it right but and I guess because that wasn't a nine-day novena per se it wasn't the idea of a novena the same way right which by the way don't forget you know novena cards is sponsoring this episode so this yeah. is a perfect episode for us to share a little <laughs> bit more about her upcoming 2023 planning kit but we'll come back to that anyway so saint jude when i think in the summer after dad well he first of all saint jude when when the summer when you were senior junior in high school i was at the church where you guys go which is at St. Monica's right <laughs> and she has been such a powerful presence in the last I would say, how long have you been out of high school? <laughs> Four oh. years almost. So it's probably in the last <laughs> seven years, six or seven years that she's been kind of a really big presence. I remember sitting in the church and then sitting there as this paper with St. Jude's, you know, papers that were throughout the church and somebody said, pray, pray this novena and then pass it on or whatever. And, and it's funny that I thought of that. And this morning I was reading something and I, I don't remember what I was reading, but Somebody, an Instagram post that someone shared, and I reread, you know, a little bit further about this person who was sharing the post. And she wrote the same thing about her first 
novena with St. Jude. And I said, that's kind of funny because he was somebody that I was thinking of. And then in the summer after dad started his, actually probably in the fall after he finished his first round of treatment in 2020, remember I'd lost that one, the one green scapular. And then I was thinking about, you know, I need to find that. And then that friend walked up to me in church, this friend whose husband also is, she's much older than we are, but she handed me a green scapular, St. Jude medal, St. Anthony medal, like all these things. And she said, I, I woke up this morning and I hadn't been in church in a while because we were running so much through the city. And she said, I, I woke up this morning and thought, I need to bring this to church because I think I'm supposed to give it to you. And I literally just before that prayed, where's this green scapular? And here's the green scapular in the St. Jude novena again. Like, And just the week before, I remember we were doing that big novena of all of these saints and they were all mm-hmm. people that are big. I have to find that from Pray, Pray More Novenas. And it's all these big powerhouse yeah. prayer warriors of ours right so anyway, yeah, I just I really that. that was really cool it's like I guess it was kind of like a litany of saints or something like that yep. There was like yep. so many of them yeah that's really cool and of course like St. Jude definitely like was present throughout grade school too like there's yeah there's just so right many because things. you were Simon and Jude for so long and you always yeah. felt like Simon and Jude were like together so when I heard St. Jude separate right you know it's yeah. like it doesn't feel like he's missing his partner right Exactly. But they have like two very distinct lives on their own too. I just, yeah, it's just funny that they got lumped together like that. Yeah. Uh, So now that you say it, St. Jude's been a long time around our family. So, and so to go back to the two that are my, are the same, the Holy Family, it's, you know, I have a Mary who, you know, even though I don't think for a long time, I really thought that I had a sort of relationship with Mary or that it was complicated or twist. I don't know. It wasn't really twisted. It was just like, not really felt like it it wasn't existing per se until I realized a, my mother was born on December 8th. So like her presence was always there. And December 8th is the feast of the Immaculate Conception. Immaculate Conception. Right. So then I went to high school. I was public school my whole life. And then I went to high school at a school that was run by women nuns that were Immaculate Heart of Mary. So like, here we are, Mary, right? The IHMs. So they were always present. Then I went to a college and it was, it was run by some nuns. Like, so like there were, that were, you know, devoted to Mary. (laughs) So then it goes on and on. And, and I last, you know, night when we were talking about this, it turned out that I would say that Mary's presence is about to me about her gentleness that as a, especially as a mother that I really have always really worked hard to, to um, emulate, not in a way where I make myself crazy over, but just, you know, there's just this softening, softening side of motherhood that I wanted to make sure that I brought to parenting. And in some ways that wasn't an example that I always saw in, in mothers around me. So, and that doesn't mean that my mom wasn't, it's just, there it wasn't this example that motherhood brought to my, my understanding. Mm -hmm. And so the blessed Virgin Mary in a way was sort of the whole idea. Right. And it turns out that, you know, the BVM church wasn't too far from me growing up. And that was the church that my mom's family went to. Right. So I thought, heck, I'm hearing these names BVM, but I don't really connect the dots as a kid. And so, exactly. And that brings me to Our Lady of Guadalupe is sort of another one, but we'll, we'll not get into that as much. But then St. Joseph, my birthday is his feast day, right? Right. right and right. the first Catholic church I probably either stepped foot in was either that BVM or St. Joseph, where I went to a wedding when I was very young. 
So St. Joseph is the local church that everybody I knew was, if they were Catholic, they went to. And at the time I was not. So I'm like, St. Joseph, what's with all these saints? Saint, what does that even mean? You know, and I used to look it up, but you don't have the internet. And so you didn't have the ability to understand it. And while my mom's family was partially Catholic, you know, Irish Catholic, they kind of, that wasn't part of her upbringing per se, because her mother was not, but her father was. And it was probably a little bit of a, a dance in their home too, growing up that he wanted to mm-hmm. attend BVM, but he couldn't attend that. So I definitely always had the Holy Family around me and, you know, uh, St. Joseph for so many reasons that, you know, we understand his protection, his, just his sainthood, um, his holiness, I, I, you know, in his kind of gentle, quiet manner in a way. Yeah, it is so true. Yeah, it's funny to kind of go back a little bit to St. Joseph. I feel like we literally could just cover the consecration on year two, but there's like several things that you learn about St. Joseph and the consecration that are just so fascinating. And I think the first one is like, St. Joseph is kind of always depicted as this like old guy on certain images and then certain statues. He's also like this bulk young guy. So like, who is St. Joseph? Like nobody really knew, you know, his age or what he was. And I remember when we were talking about the consecration and there's a specific chapter is I think a mother Angelica said, old men don't walk to Egypt. And I think that's what like, people started to realize, oh, maybe St. Joseph was like this young 20-year-old guy or even like 18 or something like that who had that enough strength to actually like provide for his family and do things like walk to Egypt and just be that like physical strength for his family, for his tiny little family. So that always just kind of stuck with me on like kind of getting an image of who this like vague guy is in the Bible. What a great father and spouse image right that just yeah yeah. and in some ways it it really feels to me like your dad is a lot like that with you know he's just continuing to walk through and even though there are days where he doesn't necessarily believe that he's providing he provides and it's in things that are hard to articulate in in Mm -hmm. that but i'm sure you feel that and see that and know the way that those you know despite being afflicted with you know a disease of his own right right now he's not able to do certain things but he really does provide a lot of strength and endurance to do his own walk to egypt (laughs) yeah seriously yeah Um, yeah, so beautiful i definitely think like here at franciscan and just in general for young catholics like we should strive to be like the holy family in marriage right like the the men should go to St. Joseph to ask him for his qualities and, you know, impart those to them and, you know, ask the same with Mary and just like you're saying, her gentleness and mothering or just her humility. And I mean, I could list the 10 Marian virtues, but I will not do that. I will spare everybody that, but like her heroic patience or her angelic sweetness and I'll stop. But like learning the Marian virtues is very impactful for me. Just like, how do I embody that myself? But yeah. Wow. But yeah. (laughs) And and I like that for us, the year that in 2020, our anniversary was the day of the Feast of the Holy Family. So like to us in that time, we just felt like that was even more of a um, kind of a hug to us that, you know, our anniversary is in December and that year, 2020, it was like, wait, I didn't know that it was on our anniversary. It just happens to fall that year on our anniversary because of whatever the calendar is. So it kind of felt like a nod to the Holy Family saying, we will cover you in all of this, right? Yeah. So 
Definitely. Um, and you mentioned being on the campus and of course, so long St. Francis has been a, mm -hmm. St. Francis of Assisi has been a, I don't know, somebody that I, you know, probably even think there's some not, you know, people who are not Catholic who look to certain saints, like St. Francis is one that people love because they, you know, outdoor and he likes the, you know, nature and he loves animals. So people often have an affection for him, even if they're not looking for him in his theological purpose, you know, and I like that he gave up so much of the things of the world and to live a more simple life, you know, of service and poverty so that he could become closer to God and rebuild the church. And of course, how he cares for the poor and the nature. I think it's interesting. He was the first saint to receive the stigmata, right? I think it was, yeah. in, right. And then he was, he was the first saint, I think, yeah, that to receive that holy wound. And I think his canonization, canonization was in 12, 28 or something like that. Um, but I don't know, there's something about his sort of humble presence, even though he's had a lot coming to coming to that coming to his faith and what you know what his own journey has been you know people he and maybe it's I'm having a hard time articulating that the things of the world always distract us and he he really was stripped of that so that he could be really focused on God and you know we talk about stuff where it comes to what are we what are our um what are we what's the word idolizing what are we thinking too much about, I mean, we even joked about over all the sports weeks that, you know, like, oh, we love these sports. It's fun. But are we making it such an idol that we're not focusing on all the other things that we also need to focus on? And like, of course it's fun. That's not it because we were having fun with, you know, the possibility of this, the world series and, you know, whether or not the guys are winning, you know, right. interesting. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. I think, you know, and even the priest holy orders, I should say, take vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And they really have to submit to that poverty side. And, and you know, the goal in, in priests too is like offering an example for lay people as well. And like the vow of poverty doesn't always have to mean giving up every single thing that you own. There's just like a certain poverty of spirit too and that's always a funny thing like how do you be poor in spirit like that just doesn't even make sense like but just that submission that just emptying of self in a way that's really what it's it's talking about at its core and that's what saint francis gave us as a an example too yeah and i was reading about him a little bit more and he loves the the towel cross is that how you, the hebrew right which is i think this is really cool that it's the last letter of the alphabet for the Hebrew alphabet, right? Mm -hmm. And it's known as a sign of the Christian awareness, obviously. We, you know, the cross is known for that, but it's also a symbol of redemption and salvation. So I think it's cool that it's the last letter of the alphabet. And it's really what, what he's striving for, especially when he's somebody that was designed to hear God chose him to rebuild the, the church. Like that, that was his, you know, how he was supposed to lead in his example of faith so mm -hmm. yeah I do have them on my list actually as we're talking like I'm realizing there's so many people that I've missed and I'm like I'm sorry but at the same time I'm like oh my gosh there are so many people that I'm leaving out and I feel really bad <laughs> I don't <laughs> think you need to feel bad <laughs> I'm just kidding but yeah no St. Francis both St. Francis of Assisi and St. Francis de Sales are on my list St. Francis de Sales he is a patron of hearing loss. So he definitely had followed me for a very long time. And that's 
pretty self-explanatory, I think. So, yeah, and I obviously love him. I don't have him necessarily on my list, but I do love him, and I love his devout life book, and I love you know, so much of what he's written has been mm-hmm. sort of impactful. And of course, the hearing loss has been all part of our journey along yeah. the way in different places that he's shown up. So who, other than St. Francis of Sales and St. Francis, who else do you have on your list? I have St. Matthew. And this is something that I kind of thought was funny. Like I was saying at the beginning, it was like, I kind of came into this with like a business perspective of like, okay, who is my like chief marketing officer? Who's my chief financial officer? And that's him. So he's- I was just going to say, is he your accountant? Yeah, he is. He's (laughs) He's your collector, tax collector. Yeah. Of like making like good financial decisions. And like, you can really, you really see like St. Matthew a lot in The Chosen. And by the way, the third season's trailer is out now and I have not watched it and I'm very excited to watch it. But you just really see like St. Matthew have this very good presence. Um, in the chosen and I felt like really connected to him in that way but yeah no I would say he's like my finance guy of like making wise financial decisions personally and you know in a business setting too I love him I love him his character in the in the chosen too I think you know wait you're choosing me like he his the way that they represent the humility of sorts of him him, like how could I be chosen among all these beautiful people when I've done so many things wrong right which exactly the chosen isn't that the chosen a chosen. chosen so good we love it mm-hmm. uh, okay so i have two more people on here so saint adelaide is my confirmation saint can't forget her oh i just thought of someone else i have to add oh my goodness yeah so saint adelaide is my confirmation saint and i it's kind of a funny story i picked her my gosh in sixth grade when i was getting confirmed and she had this very interesting life to me and it was a very unique name that I never heard anybody else choose as a confirmation saint before. Everybody else was like Teresa or Mary or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, well, let me do something unique and, you know, choose Adelaide. And I love that. Um, do you but, remember why you picked her other than her name, though? Do you? Oh, well, yeah. Like she was like patron saint of like princesses or princesses. Something. Right. Yeah. And all your life you were like, you know, loved all the princesses. And the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but it's funny because like later on in my life, I guess my junior year of high school, I was redoing like some presentation or something and I was just researching her again. And it turns out that her feast day is the same day as the first date of my cochlear implant surgery. And it wasn't something that I realized until years after. And ever since then, like it was so intentionally chosen that she would have been like, what are the chances that something sixth grade me picked would have such an impact on me later in life? Yeah. So I, I think I, that's really powerful how we see those connections over over time. Like, wait, what? You know? Yeah, exactly. And then I just like, I don't know why I never realized it like prior to that, because there was like a span of like a year or two years or something between them. But but even still, like it was it was so impactful to realize like oh, she has been there all along. And I didn't just pick her because she had a pretty name or <laughs> patron saint princesses or something. And brides, I think, was the other prize. Yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. yeah, something else, not just princesses. Like there's No, like- but we only thought about it as a princess when you first chose it. But then when you found out about the implant, you're like, and she's the patron saint of brides or something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, like that. So, and I've actually like started adopting my confirmation name is like part of my like real name I guess because I just love the the name so much I think we all probably don't realize how those those names of our confirmation or you know when I was confirmed as an adult the name mm-hmm. I picked 
it's my sponsor name of sorts, you know, my confirmation. Yeah. I wasn't a confirmation person, confirmande, but I was a, <laughs> you know, I was who my sponsor stands for. So, and St. Matthew's kind of ties back to that because it's interesting for your brother. That was his confirmation name in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that our my friend's husband, Math- Matthew, was his confirmation sponsor. Ian's sponsor. Yeah. And at the same time, Ian's choosing Matthew, having not thought sort of about that, right? But what was wild is, and we didn't really know this, and we didn't really discuss it. Ian chose it and told me, and then he shares it with your dad. Your dad's like, oh, that was my confirmation saint name, too, <laughs> which how cool is that, right? I mean, and, and, you know, Matthew, kind of all the writers and gospel writers are always going to be on my list because they're writers, although one of them, Luke, is not really a writer. I guess he's kind of just a recorder, um, <laughs> right? Or no, that's Mark. That's shade Mark. Just How, that? I, I said shade throne. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's just from what I learned in, their, in my scripture class that, you know, one of them is more like he's very direct and it probably isn't Luke. It's probably Mark, you know, writes very more concise and just gets the details down. Yeah. Uh, so, but Matthew being such a prominent thing and it turns out that that's my brother's middle name growing up like so it's just kind of all these and he named yeah. his boys that's their middle names you know so it's just a fun thing that with it the way that these names and things are woven through our life and we're not even thinking about them like I don't know that Ian chose it knowing that that was my brother's middle name or that those are his no. cousin's middle names you know of course um it's so funny and so that brings me to my next saint which I was asking the girls about who would you think was my one of my top saints, and of course, Padre Pio. Of course. I leaned over in case you can't see me and you hear me. Sophia sees yeah. my guy, Padre Pio. And I don't really know why. Like, I just, I, his, it's just one of those things where he's just kind of there for a long time. He's probably the first shrine that I visited, obviously, because it's a local shrine. And when I went <clears throat> to that shrine and they had all of these, the first time I went there, they had all the saint relics there. And I went, Remember that day we were at church and Janine had texted me. And for whatever reason, in the middle of church, I cop- I just looked down at my phone and I wouldn't do that nor- during church. You know, in case dad was working, maybe I would, but he was with me. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, let's go to the St. Padre Pio today. There's the St. Relics are going to be there and they're only going to be there for this amount of time. And for whatever reason, I saw it. So we were able to make that journey there mm-hmm. in the short amount of time and talk about there's my introduction to saints in a much broader way and yeah. relics and, and the whole thing. Um so I don't really know what it is about him, but there's a lot of times and not too long ago when I went to went to church to pick up the kids, the girls one day and our deacon and I was sharing with him, you know, I don't even remember, might have been in the summer or something about dad. And he said, go to Padre Pio. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like go to Padre Pio. And I'm thinking to the shrine, but he really just meant go to, but he even meant go to the shrine. But in my head, just go to Padre Pio. And that was right before your brother. We went, it was really, so that's what it was last summer, right before we went out to the shrine because the St. Relics were there again. And yes. I said, like, can we just go before you guys go away to school where you were heading to Franciscan, Ian was heading somewhere else. And so we went there and it was that day that definitely some sort of holy moment had happened for your brother, probably at the Padre Pio shrine. And here we're thinking, go to Padre Pio physically, but really he was just telling me to go to him. And there were so many times in the last, I would say, 10 years where that has literally been the, the case for me. Go to Padre Pio. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's healing and some healing beyond physical healing that has had to occur in my life. And I guess just the pray, hope, and don't worry theme of 
You know, we can't yeah. always rest in our anxieties and our worry, but it really to, to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that simple that like, Hey, okay, now it's all gone. You know, it's not like that, but it's just, that there's, there's a presence. And there have been so many times when I've walked into church at St. Pat's and I've gone to the bathroom, I had to go to the bathroom, I have to go to the bathroom. And then I walk out and there's this, his Saint, his, his little statue right there. Yeah. As we're coming out. And I was like, Oh, you really do want me to find you, you know, like, and he just would show up in all these places, like in the most, like, obviously in a church, it's not so bizarre to have him in a church, but like in places where I'd look down and there's, a, there's a saint or, or saint yeah. sacramental or something, you know, like that. I don't know. It just, he's just kind of there, you know, and since he's a bilocator, which I find is to be fascinating. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. He's so cool. So, we do have a really lot cool. of stuff in our shop regarding him too yeah um, we have the shirts in the shop we have the, the mugs the little photos prints yeah the whole whole nine yards oh, the, the necklace the the clay necklaces oh, the pendant. Just, yeah the pendants that your sisters made i don't know there's something about him he, he was somebody also the stigmata right mm-hmm. the, the wounds of jesus and his prophecy and his ability to read souls. Somebody was talking about confession just the other day where I was reading and she's like, I didn't know priests were allowed to t- send people away. No, I think he was somebody who did like, no, you need to come back. Then you're not really sorry for this, you know, and he could read the, because if they kept coming back for the same sin, you know, he would say, you're not, you're really just for saying this, but you're not really, you know, and he would kind of get, he would get, tell people to get come back, you know, and yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I kind of wish like sometimes priests would do that now. I mean, I know that might be a little controversial. Well, they might do that with you, not just not with you. They might say, hey, oh, that, been, that is true. Been yeah. Asking to you know, confessing that sin for 25 years now. Somebody was just telling that story on about a thing with her dad that she kept her dad came to her and said, I keep confessing this sin. And the priest was like, then don't come back when you're ready, like when you really mean it. But anyway, go ahead. You were saying. <laughs> no, seriously, like. You can say it because you're like, oh, well, I know this is a sin and I should probably confess it, but you're just confessing to confess. You're not doing it for like the grace or whatever, like intention behind it. And it's funny. I was just telling my roommate this story that like I went to confession last week and I was just kind of saying all this stuff. And the priest was like, you know, those aren't sins, right? I was like, no. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, you're fine. I was like, oh, okay. So I feel much better now. But like, I just wish more people would be that brutally honest with us. And like, no, that's not a sin or that's a natural human emotion. It doesn't make it a sin. And I was like, okay, well, like uh, anger, I'll just use that. You know, like anger is a natural human sin or a natural human emotion. And it's not necessarily a sin. Um, And I was like, oh. And sometimes it's justified, right? I mean, there's times where, I I mean, my priest, one of our priests said the same thing. He said, anger is not a sin, you know, especially if it's justified to have this, you know, it's just what you do with it that makes it a sin or not a sin. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, so thankful that this priest was like, honest about it. I was like, well, these aren't sins. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) I feel a lot better. It's, It's you know, I remember going to, to confession for, you know, I need to go because I feel this anger about, you know, but it's because it's what you're going to do with that anger that could make you sin. You know what? Well, I'm not going to do anything like mortal right. per se. I'm not going to, you know, use my I'm hands to break a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I just might say unholy words. That's my. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
impure words, which, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I should laugh about that. But one of my priests along the way might have shared that he does that too. I'm like, oh, see? So, you know, not that he shouldn't be more holy and protect himself that way. But anyway, good thing he goes to confession too. <laughs> <laughs> Even priests need confession. Yeah. All right. Do you have anybody else on your list? Yeah. Let me, let me see the other more. two. Um, so I would say St. Benedict is on there too. I cannot believe I forgot him initially, but I mean, I literally pray the St. Benedict medal prayer every single night before bed. I always have like everything that I own has a St. Benedict medal on it. I'm always wearing one or carrying it around. And I think when I learned about St. Benedict in high school, like his rule, and I know you're probably going to say the same thing too, like his rule of life and oh yeah, you have a pulled up right there. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, of course. Yeah. So I'll let you jump to that too. Uh, No, I'm just saying I share it. You're like, you probably have the next thing. That is literally, he's the next on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he's, he's definitely just been someone that's like there and I just feel so much peace and protection when he's around. So yeah, that, that go back to the books, you know, cause I showed you my stack of saint books this morning, the rule of Benedict, the prayer, work, study, hospitality, and renewal, renewal are the, I guess the, 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 um, what's the word tenants, the, the rules, I guess his rules. I'm going to pull out the book cause I can't remember the word. And I love that his, his medal, this sacramental medal that we wear of his does, you know, feel like we're warding off the dirty snake that tries to steal our peace and any fallen angels of the world, if you will. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I think it's not so much that, you know, just keeping away the evil. It's more about reminding you to pray like the, his 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 great or at labora quote that I always <laughs> remind is prayer and work like, you know, that's sort of you, it's it's not about just prayer. It's not about just reading the Bible like there's the, the work that's involved, which kind of takes you back to that confession thing. Like if you're going to keep confessing the same thing and you're not going to do the work to change that. It, it's like, it's work. I mean, it to, to live in a holy way and it is not holy when I say unholy words every day. Right. So <laughs> it, it's work. It's like to remind myself, okay, today I'm not going to use this anger to, to this way, or I'm not going to, it's, it's just the reminder that prayer work, study, hospitality, and renewal and hospitality is opening our arms even to people that might be you know, that sandpaper person in your life and, you know, opening the door in a way to situations that really are potentially going to rub, you know, rub your piece the wrong way, like sandpaper does. But we do it out of the hospitality of the way, you know, God would do that, right? Jesus would open the door and sits at the table with people that are like, how can you sit at the table with these people? You know, when he's sitting around the table with, you're sitting with sinners and, but aren't we all? I mean, so it it comes with work. You're not just, you're just not praying. You're just not, so what I can do rosaries all day, but I can go out and be really unkind to people. I can say really unkind things. I can think really unkind things. I can curse, not just say bad words, but curse people like, you know, in the way to go to hell with you, you know, like that it's about how you set your mind to really work toward being in a step towards closer, 
a step closer to God. And yeah. I think that rule of St. Benedict is really, I mean, obviously we're not living in monastic worlds, right? I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not, wouldn't it be great to be able to do that sometimes just to go? And some people can go and, you know, take a retreat to a monastery or, or, you know, a lot of retreat houses. I'm not in a place where I can do that right now. Um, but it, it can be a monastery in our heart, heart in a way, right? And I think that we need to really think about that, right? That's a really beautiful image too. Yeah, just like that peace and solitude, I think, inside of our own hearts. And just like being that for other people too. Because like, and, I, and we've talked about this so many times, it's like anxiety and everything. It, it's not from God. It's the peace that comes from him. Um, And I think a lot of times we have to kind of step back to see that. And maybe that means like, you know, making decisions that, can promote peace and like removing things that don't but yeah St. Benedict's rule definitely had an impact on my life too in high school so well and and if you I'm just going to quickly open the book like tools for good works um it's like renounce yourself in order to follow Christ discipline your body right do not repay one bad turn with another endure persecution for the sake of justice holy moly if I I just like think about that Endure persecution for the sake of justice. Do not gratify the promptings of the flesh. Like those are things of the world, right? And then of course it goes through a restraint of speech, obedience, humility, just the little chapters in here, divine office at night. Like these are actions that you can take to refine your heart and your, 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 your whole life to just walk in, in, it says, you know, chapter one in the kind of monks, well, the kinds of monks, monks, we're not going to be monks. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, but we can, like you said, we can create this monastery in our, our actions and our heart to just be more thoughtful. You know, can I do the divine office readings every night? Probably not. Can I, I mean, Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I have to read this. I have to read this. This is probably about six years ago where I was thinking if I could do this, I could do, hold on a second. I'm not, I don't have the five o'clock dinner hour where we do complain or no, that's not what that would be the nighttime prayers, but where I'm not meeting with my community to pray this, my community or my children and my husband and sitting at the table, maybe doing a decade of the rosary, if that's all we can do, or even just doing our early, you know, prior to, you know, grace before meals. And then mm-hmm. asking what, what blessed you that day? Like that was, a that's about all I could do in my daily office and my office is sitting around the table. And so we have to remember that we are not all called to the same thing. And I remember one of the other priests, like, I can't think of who it was on, you know, many Hail Marys or something was saying the same thing. Like, we're not all able to do that. Even Father Jonathan at school there says the same. We're not all able to do these prayers and community. Our community is who is in front of us. So we have to keep those communities, which are our little domestic church at home, yeah. That's where we need to focus our, our tension and time. And if praying a decade while I'm nursing a baby when I did, or if I'm just praying or saying a prayer or whatever, that that's about all I can manage. I don't need to sit out and pull out my office to read the daily office of the, you know, of the day. Exactly. And I think to go back to kind of what St. Benedict said about or at Labora, it's pray and work. And I think that sometimes what we do in our work we don't necessarily have to be praying the whole time, but making our work a prayer. There's a difference <laughs> versus like saying the routine, like, Hail Mary, all Father, glory be is in your head as you're praying or as you're working, but rather like making the work that you do a prayer. And I 
talk about this all the time and just like, you know, vocation stuff. But um, like if the work we do is fulfilling and it's glorifying God, then that's a prayer in itself. And I think I had this whole episode when I remember who it was, I'll link it down below, but someone else on, you know, last year, two years ago, we were talking about this and just how like God delights in the fact that we're doing our math homework if we're, you know, giving it to him in a way. And that just becomes our prayer. But yeah, the whole, the, that whole episode was so powerful and I wish I could remember who it was right now, but I will link it down. I'll, I'll search it and I'll help you remember that. And there was a prayer, there's a quote that's been going around this week too about, you know, everything you do, the dishwasher, your food, your laundry, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think I remember sitting in my prayer group and thinking about how, you know, we could sit and fold laundry. And at that time, things were different, you know, and I remember when babies were there, it was hard to like, how could you even take time to sit down and do anything is everything is. But it's not even that you have to say intentionally, this is a prayer. Let me pray this while you're doing that. It's the act of it in service of without grumbling and changing your mindset that this is the work of God to you know, serve your family to be there, you know, to, to, it's just holy work, right. To, to change diapers for put your 35,000 meal on the table. Like every morning I got to get up and think of another meal. Like, I mean, and there were days where you couldn't do that. There are days like that now where I'm like, I can't think of another meal. I'm just having eggs, you know, and it's all holy work anyway. Yeah, for sure. Lightning round of whoever's left on your Okay, list. so I ha- this is going to be, can't do a lightning round on, on these last two. So I'll just say these and then we'll okay. do a lightning round because these okay. two are really, I, I talked about St. Monica mm-hmm. and I can't believe that I didn't even think about her until like last night, the last minute. Holy moly. So there was a lot of things happening around conversion for us at the time that, you know, she literally brought us to the place where you ended up graduating high school and then Mm -hmm. your sisters were there for a bit and I think was the catalyst to getting us to the point of homeschooling the girls which is absolutely the best place I mean if they're thriving like it's comical and it's just so good in so many ways for your dad to have them around and Mm -hmm. and it's hard work it's not it's not easy work and it's sort of you know I don't know I don't know I don't know all the things to say but St. Monica at the time ironically we were in St. Augustine Florida Mm-hmm. And the connection obviously is that St. Augustine is her son and she prayed yeah. for his holy conversion and her husband's holy conversion for a long time. And I definitely think at the time I wasn't praying for a husband's conversion or a child's conversion, but some people around me that I really felt like, you know, they just needed their hearts, you know, turned to God. And when we yeah. went on this trip, you know, it was right after your six months of your hearing, your second hearing, Right. No, your first cochlear implant. I had my injured ankle for like six months. I was in the boot. Your sister broke her jaw. And then you were doing your death camp, as you called it. D-E-A-F. <laughs> when you were, yes, you're trying to find your um, voice in the, and your place in the world. Cause you're a person who has hearing loss, but you don't really fit into the world of sign language. And, and so you went to this camp and they empowered you and we picked you up from DC and then took a trip to Florida and- <laughs> When we pulled up alongside this one hotel, here's the St. Monica something, something in in St. Augustine. And I was like, wait a minute, right? Like, why am I like, and what am I noticing this about? And sure enough, we get home a couple of days later and here's this phone call about 
the school that wants to have you come there. And like, it's just turn of events. It is at St. Monica's. Mm-hmm. And then the first night we went to like a back to school or an information night and, and somebody mentioned who ends up being becoming a friend that St. Monica called her there. And it was at that moment, I was like, this conversion wasn't just about other people, but about converting me to where we needed to, to focus things in our life a little bit differently than where they were. And it really has made a huge impact on a lot of things that we've done in life since then, probably preparing us for where we are today. But St. Monica is, you know, this powerhouse woman that prays for her family and conversions and, you know, not just for her own husband and son who ends up becoming this great doctor of the church. And I don't know, he's just, just, she's just a powerhouse mother. That's, I don't really know else. And then my last little one is the little flower. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So for my whole life, little flower and St. Therese didn't really connect because there was this place where my family member went the little flower, like a nursing home. Mm -hmm. And I heard the name little flower, little flower, little flower. And again, in this time in the last 10 years was, um, at school one day and somebody came up to me and brought me a novena card or like maybe a prayer card from St. Therese. And I turned it on the back and I was like, Oh, little flower. Like it was like this moment of you've always been paying attention to me. St. Therese was actually the patron saint of my high school class. Mm. My friends are listening. They may or may not know that I just happened to have this thing tucked in (laughs) in my book when I was looking in some things recently. Um, Her little, ways her little soulful ways and even getting to saint monica the roses that were literally handed to me in exactly the color that i asked when everybody else got a different color was the movement of kids from one place to the next it's just the you know the way that roses and that said today i walk outside and there are there are a multitude of roses on the rose bush Mm -hmm that I've been praying for pink roses. Wow. It's November. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah. So I just thought I would share oh, that. Okay. And of course, St. Charbel is our last, you know, quick round, but you tell me your next quick round and then we're going to wrap this up because nobody needs to hear us talking anymore. <laughs> yeah. Lightning round. So St. Michael, the Archangel, St. Raphael, St. Dorothy, St. Therese, um, Little Flower, mm-hmm. uh, Blessed Carlo Cutis and St. Augustine. Okay. So those are all mine. I mean, it's just a, it's a problem that I love so many saints. I know, right? <laughs> so Michael's on mine. St. Charbel, of course, was very big on dad's, you know, just his whole journey so mm-hmm. many ways and has been kind of brought back to dad a little bit. This he's come back and circled back. Blessed Versati. I mean, yeah. Verso Alto. He's my guy. <laughs> he's my walker. He's my get to the mountain. Like I, I would love to bring him a, I would love to bring him a healing miracle. Mm-hmm. So that he could become a full saint. I know. <laughs> right? I know. He's like a modern day guy. I, mean, I don't know. Like he's just Saint Gianna, obviously, mm-hmm. because you know, she's just the first saint relic that I ever kind of had my hands on. And yeah, when you guys were literal back in 2020, and how she's just kind of keeps circling back right now. You know, for me, I don't think it's about that. It's about me, a wife, a yeah. holy, you know, husband, and just trying to strive to do the right thing for her family. Saint John the Evangelist. Mm-hmm about friendship and true devotion and humility, co- holy confidence and the feast of our wedding, say, yes. December 27th. Right. Right. He's about love, loyalty, friendships and authors. So he's one of my, you know, the saints, of course, St. Michael, 
Mm -hmm. spiritual warrior battle of good versus evil you'll never get me out of that mindset and saint gemma who was my confirmation mary gemma was my saint confirmation name and gemma has this it's hard to explain without a lot so she she's just another saint that's just been a little bit interesting over the years and showing up and in her holiness and and then saint paul so that is our list. St. Paul. He's like, every time I go, there you are, St. Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Powerhouse, powerhouse, powerhouse. I feel like we need to do like a part two on this of like going in depth on the other like lightning round scenes too. Maybe we will. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe um, we will for the last because we have a lot of things coming up. We have a, some really great guests coming our way. Yes. Very excited. We have Advent coming our way. So maybe one more St. round, but we'll see. Yeah. I am excited for the next few weeks of this podcast. It's going to be very exciting. So just a few reminders that we don't need to do Saint Chasers. I think we covered them all today that Novena Cards, thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode. Their 2023 planners are launching and are beautiful and the perfect way to kind of introduce yourself to the saints if you want to learn more about them and start novenas their links will be down below and of course to check out the shop and the paint the patron saint stuff that we have in there as well it's earrings jewelry t-shirts everything a journal Mm -hmm. we're all about the saints here Um, and we have a few saint boxes coming away you know so things more things coming right Yes, of course. And then, of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast if you liked today's episode. Yes. And don't forget to check out Novena Cards because our friend Kristen and Darren, we got to spend some time with them and they were here not too long ago. Got to see them at Abby Fest. We've talked about that. And she's been a great supporter and listener to our podcast. And we love you, Kristen, and all your beautiful work. Yes. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to get her on as a guest one day. Yes, working on that scheduling. Scheduling has been hard for us given, you know, all the stuff. And if you would just remember our John and our family in your prayers as he continues through his treatment in the next week or two, Mm -hmm. uh, we need a miracle. And we're just, you know, going to keep believing that God is going to do what he needs to do in in the time that he needs to do it. And in all the things that we keep wondering about where this is going, God just keeps putting on my heart, trust, trust, trust. And (laughs) so we pray, hope, and don't worry. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) and that's just the example of the saints right there so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time bye bye